love how you still have to hit record on something, but it's just using a mouse and, and things that aren't real. So we've made a representation of something that's real and put it on a screen, but we still touch it the same way, just not with our fingers. Hey, and welcome to Going Off Track. Yeah. I'm, jo- <laughs> I'm Jonah. I'm angry. The angry technology guy, Steven. <laughs> and I'm Chris. And you're Chris. He's probably angry about something else. What do you, what do you I wouldn't say that I'm angry. <laughs> I'm just can't be bothered and you can get a good dramatic rise out of me in a very small peaked moment of time. Yeah. But I'm not like like I just usually just hanging out with you. You always have something. I do to too. Say. I do no, too. By the way, no, I love hanging I love out with it. you guys. So. I love having you. We're all just, to put we're that actually on all here. hugging here, guys. Yes. Um, out there listening hugging. to us. Hugging. <laughs> um, so, each other wet willies. So, um, what are you working on these days? Me? Chris? Yeah. Uh, let's talk nope. about you. Okay, let's talk about me. I am. I feel like I've talked about this before on the podcast, but I'm in the process of. I just wrote a small book. What does that mean? Novella? <sighs> Isn't that like a terrible word, though? It's a terrible word. It's an awful word, but yeah, yeah it's a small little it's full thing. of vignettes. I, it is actually. But Short stories? All, no, it's not. It is, Autobio? but it's not. Yeah, right. Biographical? Who the fuck cares? Any, um, any punctuation? Uh, I'm bad at punctuation, grammar, syntax. Um, uh, I've been doing that um, because I'm looking to not be an artist anymore and change my major Ooh. at 40. Hey man, it's not a small club. <laughs> um, and I've been doing that, um, and that's really it. There's not been a lot of art recently, partially because everybody's on vacation. Oh yeah, you know because it's the end. You of need the, year. the patrons, man. Yeah, you um, are the Da Vinci. My, my, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a fucking stretch. Trace the birds <laughs> flying. Release them. The Da Vinci of punk just actually means you're a trash can. So um, <laughs> it just means that somebody just kicked over a trash can, took a picture. Um, so shit's urban. I'm a, <laughs> That's dirt. I'm not doing much art. I've been writing. That's basically what I've been doing. That's because art. I'm yeah, especially the way I do it. Um, you do it freehand with I a do, quill. I do it so that no one understands anything about it, and then when they read it, they'd be like, "I could do that." Um, this guy's ahead of his time. Yeah, right. So I'm like, uh, <laughs> ahead of your time just means you finished. Early. I'm like, I'm like Alan Robe over here. Um, there's your reference for the for the day. There's your reference for this intro. Alan Robe, what? Um, so uh, yeah, that's all I've been doing: um, writing and not doing a whole lot of art. Interesting because- enough, Jonah is now painting. He's yeah, not writing that's great. anymore. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've been I've been drawing. I'll show you my drawings after this. Yeah, I've good. been drawing mostly Civil War characters good. such as Robert E. Lee and oh, Abraham he's... Lincoln. One that's of those funny because I've been cool. painting Civil War reenactors. Yeah, that's my new thing. Nice. And I've actually been um, ass grabbing reenactors <laughs> in person just for fun. Beautiful. When I see him, I'm like, this felt pant feels good i saw dude i saw i saw a revolutionary reenactor recently yeah just on the l train probably uh no and and, and beautiful beautiful cape Maine, going out Jersey. to bushwick <laughs> yeah just hanging out yeah we call we call them someone who lives in williamsburg that, hey. that, that's the new hipster is just dressing like a civil war re-enactor. you guys are making fun of my mixologist and it's not cool oh no i don't know i don't have a mixologist <laughs> his girlfriend's into burlesque he's into civil war reenacting and they all go to fucking arcade fire shows um <laughs> So you know who's not like that? Who? Dan Andriano. Oh, what a segue! Look at that shit. What today, a segue! That's right. He's, he's, he's not in like the emergency the, room. He's in. The, <laughs> I heard. He is. His yeah. new project is Dan Andriano in the emergency room. He's like, done I'm two not, records. I did my fucking he's done homework. Two records for that, right? Yeah. 
yeah. and a couple of records. I saw I saw them play with Jeff Rosenstock mm-hmm. and um, Pet Symmetry, which is Evan Weiss and a good oh, name, yeah, good band name actually. And you know who came up with it? Who? Chris Farren. That is Holy a Chris Farren. That's yeah. a Chris Farren thing. I name Chris Farren's records for him, and he comes up with band names yep. for other people. Nice. I like that. And uh, Dan's also in some band called Alkaline Trio. Yes, yeah, you, you may have heard of. Who? Um, what? Who are they? He also is in the Falcon with Brendan from Lawrence Arms, and they have a and new Dave record. Haas, right? And Arby's? Dave Haas, yeah, and I think they just finished the a record. Guy? What's that? The Arby's guy. Yes, Nihilist Arby's. Nihilist Arby's. Um, but yeah, so I think I think there's a new Falcon record that they just finished. That's going to probably be awesome. Did Dave produce it? Haas? I don't know, man. I don't know. I know he's involved with it. I know he played on it, yeah. but I'm not sure exactly what his role is. Right on. We gotta get those dudes back in But uh, Dan lives in Florida now. Oh, shit. Does he really? Yeah, and we talk he's about like, that a lot. like, fuck, this Chicago, it's cold. <laughs> Where in Florida does he live? He lives in, um, what's the name of the town? It's supposed to be amazing, and I almost went there. Naples. Needles. No, no St. Augustine. St. Augustine. Okay, so he lives in America's oldest city. Yes. If you go to Florida, St. Augustine is a neat, weird little spot. I, is it Ripley's Believe It or Not? There's a stupid ghost tour. I was just in Florida. It's a nice, actually, and I was, place. I was That's in like um, Jacksonville. Hollywood has that. Yeah, but it's different when it's in Florida on the coast. Uh, I true, promise. Yeah. I was in Jacksonville, <laughs> and I had to go to, to Dade City, and mm, I'm sorry. I had a choice of either going to Gainesville or St. Augustine. And you picked Gainesville. And I picked Gainesville. I saw your pictures. And then when I got to Dade City, everyone was like, why the fuck did you go to Gainesville? Why the fuck would you ever go to Gainesville? <laughs> um, to go to Arrow's Aim? I did go to Arrow's Aim. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding, guys. Um, Are you from there? Uh, no. no. No, no, no. Tampa. And then we tried to go to... Oh, yeah. Tried Even to get and strippers. Yeah. I'd rather take that than idiots in cargo pants and beards and hot water music. And then <laughs> we tried to go to the top and it was like an hour and a half wait. And then we ended up... Whatever. Going to Breeder Brothers? Boca Fiesta. Boca Fiesta. Just, isn't that is that Warren's place? It's Warren's place. He was yeah, there, Warren but from I didn't. Old you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. Me. yeah, he was there. Is it delightful? Yeah, it was is good. Food good. It was good. It's good uh, you. you know Mexican food. I always liked Warren. Yeah, yeah Warren's a nice guy. I used to Warren's a, uh, a guy who I you know what I mean it's like one of those things where I do the, the thing I always do where I make fun of somebody then I meet him and go oh I, I like you. Um, Warren was like a dirty little punk you know mm-hmm. in Sarasota, Florida, and I'd be like this shoeless bearded new college hippie ugh, playing on buckets and then eventually it was like oh, i like this kid yeah we had, i did a, a week with against me just sitting in their in their tour bus or whatever around the time of new wave actually and i was like oh this warren kid warren i mm. like him i like him too i but i didn't say anything to because i want to be like we hung out south by southwest yeah. drunk like eight years ago <laughs> yeah. like in a, do you remember that <laughs> so i just quietly ate my burrito and he he would look at you past his like Tolstoyish like Russian glasses. And, yeah, thinking. I, I think thinking. I remember you. Yeah, yeah. They Good have drama. um, they have like crocodile meat there. What? Yeah. Oh, I guess it's Florida. I've seen that before. Yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah. It's or fried. alligator meat. Alligator, yeah. alligator. alligator. Yeah. Excuse yeah, me. They import yeah. the crocodile meat from Australia. Excuse me. <laughs> it's very niche. Alligator. There's a place in Tampa like that too. Then they're going to be selling python meat in Florida. Because they're killing everything. Well, it depends on... I mean, if you're in the middle of Florida, Stewart, Florida, I'm sure you'll find python meat <laughs> already. Oh, or if you got Dan Adriano there, maybe they'll falcon meat. Yeah! Anyways, wow! There it is! Uh, let's kick off this episode with, with Dan, who... I'm sorry about that joke. It's going on this, the, the 
security there is really intense. Yeah. Because especially probably even tonight, because they'll do like a later show, like a dance party thing after the show's let out. Right. So it's like, I think it's. Well, that's always good. The disco loadout. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> You'll definitely have a disco loadout. I hate that so yeah. much. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. It's not fun. It's such a standard now. It's I mean, it been, been like in Germany and England and stuff. Like <clears throat> it always happens, but it's been happening more and more like over here. And I don't. And then the club, they like they're so nice to you, and then all of a sudden they just stop caring. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. they're like, we're actually going to make way more yeah, money. A hundred percent until <laughs> yeah. four in the morning than yeah. we did on your show. It's like, yeah, we don't care how many us opening our bar five minutes earlier. Like yeah. is going to make us so much more money than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah you're like a charity case yeah. compared to what's about to happen Basically. in here. Basically, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Our fifteen dollar drinks. Yeah, Ugh. Dan, how do you pronounce your last name? Just I'm not really sure. Okay. Andriano. Andriano. That's okay. what I've been That's saying. what I thought. I just want to, want to try not to fuck it up. <laughs> All right. Ready to We've been doing it, dude. All right. We're doing it. We've We're already got it. content. We're doing it. Under our belts. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dan Andriano. Hello. How's it going? <laughs> it's going well. Um, you're in Alkaline Trio. I am. And you are here doing a show with your newer band. Yes. Called... The emergency room. Yes, Dan Andriano in the emergency room. Is it because it's I'm all, gonna phase it out eventually? It, it, all of it. Yeah. Well, it's no always name. weird because it's like it's like <laughs> you want people to know you're in the band, but it's like you did you not want to call it like the Dan Andriano band or something? Or no, just, I didn't want people to know I was in the band, but everybody I talked to about it said I was being an idiot, <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't really have a good reason to not have my name in the band. Uh, yeah. You know, I kind of like the band name, the emergency room. You know. It's hard to think of band names. And yes. I was like, oh, that'll work. That's not totally stupid. It's a little weird. Lends itself to obvious jokes or whatever. <laughs> um, especially when you put my name in front of it the way I ended up doing. Uh, but yeah, like my agent and I called my friend Mike Park who puts out my records. And I was like, what do you think? Do I? And he's like, well, do you want people to hear it? Like, you know, because automatically there's going to be at least a few people that will at, check it out. Totally. So I was like, all right, fine. Yeah. That's but how now would... that I've got Jeff and the fellas, it's like I'm really trying to like phase my name out of it. Like yeah. the artwork for the new record, I did the layout and I purposely like ghosted my name and maybe on the next thing I'll like camouflage it. I don't know. I can't, th- I'm trying to think of different ways. I mean, it's not a bad thing though that people see your name and that makes them want to buy a record. That's pretty cool. Actually. It's not a bad thing at all. I just, I don't, the name just doesn't flow. You know what I mean? It's not like an easily said name. Yeah. It constantly gets, you know, letters just go missing. Right. And pronounced weird and everything. So I was just trying to make it easy, but I really don't care. Yeah. Really. Like most everything, once I get all worked up and then once I think about it, could be anything. I really don't care. Who cares? Yeah. (laughs) That's understandable. I feel that way a lot. How about you, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had some questions. I I think we don't really know each other super well, but I remember, I think we were on Warped Tour together maybe a really long time ago. I think maybe in like yeah. the early 2000s. When I, I, I used to work at Alternative Press. 2002, 2004. Think, yeah, one maybe of those? 2002. That might have been the first one. Okay. So we probably did a bunch of like... I think we did signings yeah, and hey, stuff. Yeah, hey, we're here to sign... <laughs> stuff yeah 
Yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. I'm sure it's like you, 100 I'm sure, degrees. I'm sure you wish you were doing that right now. I really do. It's like so nice and cool in here. I, I just want to be in a hot parking lot in Atlanta, <laughs> shaking sweaty hands. It's a bum out. For an hour. I love it. <laughs> um, I sound like such a dick. No, it's fine. I'm, I, uh, and I, I remember I did an interview with you guys for AP, and you guys were talking a lot about how into absence you were at the time. Well, I wasn't. You weren't. Was that mostly Matt? Because I remember uh, Matt that. and Derek, really, okay. especially. Like, Derek, yeah. He never really drank or did anything. And then one day he was just, I'm going to get really into absinthe. <laughs> and he loved it. He had all these crazy contraptions, these beautiful, like, glass things with, you know, multiple little spigots. And he, yeah, he was all about it. He would, like, sneak it back from European tours. And then he met this woman who I don't even know what she's up to because she was pretty old. But okay. there was this woman in Arizona and she was like a, like a bootleg importer of really good like Swiss and French absinthe. And the Swiss stuff, I guess, is like where it's at. And it was weird color. Like it wasn't this like bright green stuff you see. Um, it was, and it was, that was actually really good. But I never like drank a ton of it. And I never drank enough to, you know, you know, get all Van Gogh or anything. Right. Like, I just, I was like, oh, it tastes like licorice. Yeah. Well, was he into it kind of as, as a refined <clears throat> sort of liqueur or was he into it to get fucked up? I think he was into it because it, it was, you know, different, weird. And he, I think he really loved the taste of it, like that anise, right. anise flavor. Like, he's into that. I'm not super into that. But because um, I mean, when you talk about that, he had all this sort of paraphernalia. Yeah, it makes me think that like he was really into it, and like from like a collector standpoint, right. yeah, like collecting some of these, you know, the spoons and the finding weird stuff and giving him something to do on tour. But he wasn't like a party guy anyway. Like even when Derek would drink or whatever, he was. It's not like we were going out raging in the clubs or no. anything. You know, he would drink on set his absent thing up in the back lounge of the bus, and like <laughs> here we are. Right. It's like how somebody gets into like a fine cognac, perhaps. Right. And has to have the right glass. Right. Yeah. That uh, The only time I ever had it was on my birthday in Chicago at that bar. Um, I think Brendan used to work at. It's two letters, like something, and L and L. The L and L. And they had absence there, and they did the whole thing where they put it on really? like, the, the butter knife and poured it over a sugar cube. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, this tastes like Jägermeister, sort of. Yeah. Leave it up to the L and L to pour it over a butter knife. Yeah, it was oh nice. My God. It was classy, <laughs> super classy. Um, and then I remember That's how they do it. I also did an interview, and I'm not sure if this is. I'm just going to throw stuff out. Yeah, people in your band are into, not necessarily you. Okay. Um, but meditation. I know, like there was. I read some. Yeah, stuff Matt about that. is transcendental meditation. Yeah. Um, he, my friend Rob is really it does that stuff too. I think he directed okay. maybe a video for you guys. Or Susie. Something. Yes. Oh, you know Rob. I do know Rob Susie. He's a nut. Awesome I love dude. Him. Yeah, yeah I love he's him great. Too. Um, I wonder what he's up to. I think he's. Uh, well, he just directed a band. He directed. He directed videos. But he, his brother's in that band, Turnover. Okay. Italia does stuff with too, and he directed a video for them recently. Oh, nice. And he, him, and my friend Nick did a bunch of videos for Azalea Banks. Okay. So they've been getting some really cool. That's great. Yeah. He's really talented. Yes, he's awesome. He's helping Matt. Uh, well, I don't know how much I should. I know, I know, say. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty rad. Yeah, we've been trying to. I've been trying to write something about it. But yeah, they're working on some cool stuff together. Yeah, they really are. 
It's but I mean I wonder what he's up to. Is he in town? I should yeah. give him a shout yeah. or something later. You should. Right. Yeah, we should get him to hang out tonight. Are you coming to the show? I think so. Can I come? Okay. Are you come you're coming cool? to the show. And you probably need a guest list spot or are you already hooked? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can talk. Yeah, I need one. I just need uh, like me and then two others. No problem. See this is this is good for the podcast, I'm sure. This is guys, this is how this the is, music biz this is works. Real life. Like, <laughs> it's so yo, stressful and intense. Do you want to be on the guest list? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, until you come in, I think okay. so. Uh yeah, so I mean, so you've been so have you have you ever been interested in meditation yourself? Or is it Um Not really. I uh, try sometimes just to like get uh just to relax. Yeah. And like breathe, whatever whether or not that's just like listening to music or just like going somewhere quiet like reading a book or something like um but yeah matt got really into that transcendental meditation which is a hard thing to get into unfortunately because a lot of people swear it's like like a really amazing tool but unfortunately it's also very expensive yeah i've done the not to maintain but just to to learn yeah there's like three classes and most of them are pretty expensive, but Matt was able to be taught by this woman, Nancy Cook de Herrera, who was really old when she taught Matt. And then, you know, I guess you go like three times and you basically... They give you a mantra. They yeah. do this whole ceremony. Yeah, they do it here. There's a bunch of places, but David Lynch has a center here. And it's his... It's, like, it's his. It's called like the David Lynch Foundation, I think. Right. And they yeah, he's a huge proponent of yeah. it. And, but it's his... Like it's all you gotta pay, right? Uh, I guess, yeah, but they do a lot of they do a lot of like scholarships, and they do a lot of like sliding scale stuff, and they work with a lot of. I think they think I think you do, but I think they also I don't know exactly how because I know they're he's a I think he's a big proponent of trying to get schools involved in doing yeah, it exactly, and I'm sure he's not like charging. For no, 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 that no. Kind of stuff I, I don't think I don't think I think they try to teach people also like they try to do community stuff. So I think maybe. Right. If you just do it and you pay, they subsid they use that money to subsidize teaching right. other people. And I'm not I'm not saying like oh you got to pay for right, it. Like right. I think it's like some slanted church or something. But it's like because once you know how to do it, you're done. Like you right. pay to learn, and then you're done. It's not like you keep putting into anything. Right. Um. And it sounds and I'm a huge like Howard Stern fan, and he talks about it uh, quite a bit. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been doing it for like decades. Wow. Yeah, he'll, he'll get into it with certain people. Like he had uh, Donovan. On the show, you know, Mellow Yellow Donovan. Yeah, yeah, of And course. he's a huge Donovan fan, and Donovan's a big advocate of transcendental meditation. And they, it was a really interesting interview because they went back and forth about it for a while. Interesting. Yeah, Howard loves it. And uh, are you a big Howard Stern fan? I'm a super fan. Yeah? Yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of um, that comedian here, Ari Shafir. Okay. And I guess Howard Stern went off on him because he, like as a podcast and howard is like podcasts are stupid anyone yeah he's old (laughs) i mean yeah yeah he's just got this like old man's view like because yeah a couple of the staffers on the show wanted like are we're talking about like starting a podcast he's like you're an idiot (laughs) you know but yeah he's just a little out of touch yeah in that regard but he's just so funny and he's he's a good interviewer yeah yeah like i i didn't really become a fan until he went to sirius and um, because my wife is a huge fan, and so when he went to Sirius, I got her like a subscription. Um, 
And then I started listening and I was like, wow, this guy's great. And then when he had all that time to really get into interviews without having to take breaks and stuff or whatever, like that became, it seems like that became way more of a focus on the show than just being stupid or crass or right. whatever. You know what I mean? So now there's, there's, seems to me like there's way less of what kind of made him famous. And now there's more of what he really wants to do at this point in his life, which I think is pretty rad, you know? He's yeah. probably going to retire soon. So he's trying to do everything like, he had Madonna in there a couple months ago. No, really? That was like the first time he'd ever spoken to her. And um, they moved some things around. They did it like an afternoon interview as opposed to the morning so she could do it. And it was it was really, really awesome. Did she Was she a Howard Stern fan? Um, I, yeah, I think she, she liked him. She warmed, they warmed up to each other. But okay. at first it was sort of, there was sort of this tension that I could sort of feel and then he just you know he just keeps talking keeps asking questions and she eventually like warmed up and they talked for a while it was great that's awesome i met him once i went when private parts came out i went to a book signing oh man and i was like 15 or something and yeah i met him he signed my book that's awesome yeah, yeah he's he's pretty funny i think he's a weirdo but i really i really like him yeah uh... yeah Sorry that he's not an advocate of the podcast. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> he never will be. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to, you know, he doesn't need to approve of everything I do. <laughs> I like how, like a couple years ago, someone, one of the staffers was talking about how he needs to get better musical acts, like more relevant musical acts in there. And he was like, like who? Like who? And was, one of the guys was like, well, what about like the Black Keats? They're like huge. And he's like, who the hell are the Black Keats? All this. And then he had like his 60th birthday show recently and they had all these bands come and they did it at some big venue and the blackies play. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so maybe Wasn't he'll, just Joe Walsh. <laughs> maybe he'll come around on podcasts eventually, but it was, yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. That yeah. is pretty funny. Um, so what's it, what's this sort of tour like for you? I mean, I saw you guys were here not that long ago during those um, album shows. Yeah, we did that anthology thing. Yeah, I was at a couple of those. I, oh, because, um, and I went to go see Jenny Own Young's. Okay, who, she's, she's great. She's great, yeah. So I went that night, and I think I went another night too. Yeah, she's the best. Yes. Super fun. I know. She's never, she's always on the road though. She's, yeah. She's never here. Um, but so what's it like sort of to be back and to sort of go from being in New York playing those shows to like to doing this thing obviously like it's a little bit of a different vibe it's a totally different vibe yeah and uh this is tonight's gonna be the fourth show and I'm super excited still a little nervous still kind of feeling things out but the Jeff and Dan and Kevin who I'm playing with and soon Mike Huguenor from Hard Girls will be joining the tour in a couple days and he's gonna be playing as well and everyone's just so great positive and like just excited about just playing music like all the stuff that i've become not consumed with or whatever but all the distractions that have come along with being able to do this for a living for like 15 years you know there's a lot of other stuff going on and you forget about oh wait i'm just here to write and sing songs that's it you know anything else that comes it's like i feel so lucky and so fortunate for everything that's happened to Alkaline Trio, but like recording this record with Jeff was awesome. Like Mike Park put me in touch with him and these great musicians and it was just quick and relatively just live and, you know, organic. And we just wanted to, we just wanted to play the songs together, 
change them around a little bit, make them better, and then record them and not overthink anything. And that's, that's how I'm trying to look at this tour, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how much of like being in a band with a small part of it is playing music. Yeah. But that's everything. Yeah. And that's why like at this point, my favorite thing is being in a, in a studio, like in a setting like this. Like I love gear and I love sounds and I'll, I'll spend hours like trick, you know, swapping out amps and microphones and different guitars. And it's like, what if, you know, what if I put this, you know, it's finding that combination and it makes, it makes Matt and Alkaline Trio kind of crazy. Like he, we're sort of opposites in that regard. Like he, he just wants to play the song and, and sing it and have it, you know, and I get that too. Right. There's a certain energy that he has when he's doing that, that I can't emulate. I can't write songs as fast as him. I can't just come up with stuff like he does, but I really like, like sounds and production and stuff. So for me, that's super fun. And it's, it is, I'm trying to get it back to just being about the songs. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's easy to get lost in the, in the process. Yes. I got lost in the process and tried to be a producer, you know? Yeah. And like, it's, it's fun to play with gear and it's great. to like kind of like get caught up with the latest gear and what this does and what that does. Yeah. And I'm always envious of people like Matt who like just say, fuck it, man, just plug in my guitar, roll yeah. tape, let's do it. Like, yeah, he's got a, because you can lose your, you can lose sight of the, the idea pretty quickly when you start like worrying about that. But it's fun. That is a problem though. <laughs> yeah. For me, that's that's become an issue because like I'll especially when I'm like demoing something at home, and I start if I start like deciding okay I've i pretty much got the song maybe done, then I start messing with like all my fake drums or whatever yeah. like in this program called Reason and I start start trying to lay down the basic tracks for for a demo and I end up getting so caught up in like how this sounds that I forget it's just supposed to be a demo yeah like, just find a loop. <clears throat> play over it and move on because then yeah when i come back to actually trying to like f- maybe i hadn't finished the lyrics completely or something and i come back to that i'm like in a totally different place and there's nothing there so it's like well fuck what what now i'm an idiot you know what i mean like add it's the worst no i mean i i used to have a, my own studio it was pretty similar to this like a songwriting studio and uh i finally at one point because I would totally do this. I would get an idea for a demo and have to make it into a finished song immediately. Right. Like before you finish the bridge, I'm like trying to figure out what the right snare sound is, you know? Yeah. So I finally like, I just pulled out this old drum machine that I had for years, a mixer, an old mixer, plugged the drum machine into the mixer, had like a little handheld tape recorder or, or digital recorder right. and just would leave those things always right there, ready to go. So that I could just like flip a switch. I don't have to f- even start up the computer, you know. Just flip a switch, pull up a, f- a lame, easy drum beat, and yeah. just have something to play over. Like basically a click track, because otherwise right. you lose that. You lose the. Uh, yeah, I get caught. You up. lose the idea, man. <laughs> and there's so many fun little toys like within it's very within the computer. It's yeah, like yeah. you can try this. Ooh, I'm a, a big delay. Reason fan yeah. too. I love Reason. <laughs> I like it too. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling way different than you guys. I feel like I can just never get anything to work so I just try to keep things as simple as <laughs> possible because everything always goes wrong. It'll take me four times as long to do everything Dude, than it will one of you guys. Whenever anybody like you goes, maybe I should learn this. Maybe I should learn Pro Tools or yeah. how to use Reason. I tell them, no, don't do it. There's plenty of people like me that'll be happy to fucking 
It's it took me like, get caught up. It in took it, me man. half hour to figure out how to like email a photo to someone yesterday. <laughs> like I was like, this is insane. It's okay. It's good. <laughs> you can pick up the. You can pick, you can take a photo. You can yeah. pick up a piece of paper and draw drawing. I have a, I have, I have a pedal board. <laughs> I have like seven pedals. I know where they all go. That's yeah, it. That's dude, all I need. It's good. Just don't in worry about out. the other stuff. Yeah. In yeah. out. Yep. There you go. Perfect. Don't worry about the tech. Yeah, man. I bought an iPad. <clears throat> With the intention of having it be like a helpful tool to record stuff on the road, get right. ideas down, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> like I bought that, and then I bought this like interface that you know within, and then headphone out and whatever. But nothing works together with that. Like I have no problem with my computer and my stuff at home, and right. But with that iPad and that's this dopey interface it's like it, there's all these workarounds you have to do and you have to have this special this app that like bridges them and it's a whole thing and i'm just like why why is this so complicated it's supposed to be like yeah the future but it's not <laughs> and then derek he's just like oh well you got to do this 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 right. it's like that seems like nine steps to do like one thing he's like well but you're recording in the back of the bus i'm like for <laughs> for who <laughs> you know for me i don't you know so I'll, eventually i'll just like open my phone what i've been doing lately is i'll just set up my phone and like take a video so i don't even forget like how i'm playing the oh guitar that's part. so smart that's a good idea so i could be like oh i did that i've that's totally weird. forgotten how i fingered like yeah. riffs and stuff before especially when you put like effects and stuff on it you're like this sounds so cool i don't know what i was doing yeah, yeah, yeah. i don't know what settings i was it, yeah. oh that's really interesting that's a smart thing yep. the video and I've Document got a bunch of videos everything. I never want anyone to see. <laughs> um, I just read that thing that you did with Dan Ozzy, the Rank Your Records thing. Yeah, um, which I thought was really interesting. Was it? Is it weird doing that kind of stuff? I've actually written a bunch of those for Noisy too. Yeah, and I mean, I've probably changed my mind since we did that yeah. like a month ago. Like, who knows? But it was funny because when Alkaline Trio was in town in October or whenever that was, we did a we did an interview with Dan and we ended up sort of talking about that whole thing, like all the records and where they fall and everything. So when I did that, I was like, didn't we just do this? Right. What's happening? And I was like, I can't remember. You know what? I'm just going to change some shit just because, but it's, it's a really hard thing to do because obviously it's like, I, I like them all. I like some better than others, but you know, I find myself just doing things to like mess with the fans. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys really hated this one. That means I must love it, you know? <laughs> but that's a hard thing to do, eight records. Yeah. It's strange how certain people, like, and so much of it I feel like is people's like context of when they just were introduced to the band. It almost doesn't even matter the music. Right. It's just like, oh, I was 16 and this was there and like now I was associated with that. So it's my favorite. Yeah. And that's a cool thing too. Yeah, and you're ne- you're never going to be able to change someone's mind about that. But I I do feel like if if someone has an understanding of like where the band was at the, that time and what they were trying to accomplish, like maybe they would be a little more understanding to the the changes. Yeah, you know because what's what's the point in trying to make the same record over and over? Like I've never understood that. And so we've, I mean, it's not like we've tried to get all you know pink floyd on stuff but we've tried to take some steps to explore some weird avenues and do some different stuff and like the record agony and irony that i think in the fall i said was my favorite and then this thing i think i said it was my second favorite um 
we did some weird stuff. Like Derek got in touch with this black metal band from Norway called Ulver to do like some orchestrations under some songs. And we had, you know, all kinds of, it's like this weird industrial song, noises, clocks ticking. And, and I was just super, super fun for us. But when the record came out, it was like, I don't know if it was because it was on a major label or what, but people were, I mean, they weren't that stoked. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. I think it's just full of hits. I just interviewed Fat Mike and he was like, he was like, best no effects record is Wolves and Wolves Closing. He's like, most underrated no effects record. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I, yeah, I can't imagine anyone else. I've never heard anyone really talk about that record. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's the people who write the songs have a different, right. You know, because I think, well, hopefully we all feel like we're getting better at this and not worse, you know, so. But, you know, then certain things happen. Like, one of our latest records is, I, I think I said it was one of my least favorites, and that's just, you know, not really for many reasons, just the way things went down, where we were as, as a band, where we were as, like, friends at the time. Like, so certain things like that, like, affect everything. Right, and there's so much business stuff, like, yeah. and, yeah. Ah, uh, the business. The business. Um, I mean, something else that came up a lot sort of was talking about sort of being maybe like f- fucked up when you were making these records or like drinking a lot. I mean, have you, has that kind of like mellowed out for you? Do you feel like you party less now or as Absolutely. you get older? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, was that just the way your body was reacting or was it more like a conscious thing or? It's probably a little bit of both. Um, but I've, I've always been, I think somewhere subconsciously i've always been scared of like uh my addictive personality which is which is good right you know i'm self-aware like when i was younger and i would do a lot of bad things i knew they were bad and i knew i was getting out of control with certain things and whatever and i was able to sort of just like peel that back and but then i still you know had issues with you know drinking and I say issues like I've I've been in and out of the program or something, but I mean, I know I drink way too much is, is what I'm saying. Right. And I'm trying to, you know, and by default, like on this tour, I'm driving myself. So I'm not drinking hardly, you know, nearly as much as I would if I was on, say, a bus tour or something. Right. And, you know, I, I recently quit smoking. I quit smoking cigarettes a long time ago, but I recently quit smoking the, the grass. And that's been just because it was like time. I was smoking habitually not because i enjoyed it anymore just because i was like oh this is what i do this is what i've done since i was in high school you know and it it was a coin toss of whether or not that was going to make me like have fun and feel good or be like like a mental misfit and want to just go sit in a corner and hate myself you know right and but a few hours later i would try it again right (laughs) and be like oh this sucks why'd i do this again it's just like what's what's wrong with you know, but that's that addiction. It's that like habitual way of living or whatever, especially when I'm just sitting on a bus or whatever, or like backstage at a club or if, if I'm at a venue that's like near a nice park, it's like, whatever, I can go take a walk and do this. But it's like never really having that much to do. But now I feel like I have tons to do. First, I mean, first of all, just like being a, a dad and a husband, like when I'm home, it's there's nothing but like responsibilities really 
But then even on tour, it's like when, if I'm on tour with Alkaline Trio, like I was in the spring, I was working on stuff for, for this record, you know, and it's just, and now I'm, I'm on tour for this record and I'm just trying to stay as busy as possible and I'm way more, way happier just trying to be organized and trying to like take, take charge of my life. You do, know? You, do you feel like not smoking pot has helped you be more productive? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It just cuts down on, on my distractions. And I think there's a lot to that. Uh, I heard um, Josh from Queens of the Stone Age talking about that song, First It Giveth. And that apparently that song, which I never really put together until heard him talking about it, but that song is about drugs and how you know for a while you can be like a songwriter or an artist and you can use these things to to you know for lack of a better cliche like open your mind and and get creative and explore things you maybe didn't know were in you but eventually they're they're a hindrance you know they dull your senses they dull you know your productivity and i totally agree with that you know and and you know it depends on the drugs obviously but a lot of things they make you they make you think you're really writing awesome songs when they're terrible right you know? <laughs> or or they make you just not really give a shit and that's bad too it's you know you're either numb or you're like manic and just way too excited about you know the worst idea so that all made sense to me and so i've just like i'm I'm not saying any anyone should quit doing anything or whatever, but for me, it's it's working out. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and I mean, I've I'm not saying I haven't. I didn't smoke at all for like months and months and months, and then since then, here and there, a handful of times. But it's scary. Well, it's just getting out of the habitual thing. Yeah, the fact that you're aware of it, you can you. Yeah, you be you know it's okay it's okay to get high now and then. Yeah, yeah. And as I long as you're aware. Yeah, that I know you're not, I'm never going to go back to that like every day. Yeah, like habitual. It's just a waste of time. For me, it certainly was, and I yeah, I I definitely think it is. Yeah. And I didn't realize how long it stays in your system too, because someone I was having the same conversation with someone recently, um, which is interesting. Why I wanted to ask you about it, but yeah, they were like, yeah, it takes like two months for it to even like really like for your brain to kind of go back to yeah some kind of serotonin like there's a whole like right thing that you're not getting when you're getting it this way and it's yeah it's really interesting i've been trying to it's cool to hear your perspective on it and they make it way too strong yeah it's like when i started smoking <clears throat> weed it was like it was nothing yeah you yeah, have to smoke like the chronic joint no after good. joint yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's another that's totally true i don't i mean science and science and weed just leave it alone <laughs> Yeah, I brought this up before. I don't. I don't smoke weed, but I might if if it was like when I, like when I was a kid. And yeah. I recently read an article that talked about. Um, it wasn't even talking about weed. It was talking about like produce, like tomatoes and things, and how when you when you um, genetically when you engineer them, whether they're genetically or otherwise, for certain traits like you know big red tomatoes, you actually end up losing nutrients that are there in the that nature put in them. And the thing about weed is that. That, that in its natural state, there's actually um, there's compounds in it that, that keep you from getting that actually keep, keep you mellow. Right. So that the, the chronic weed that you get now has actually bred out natural ingredients that actually kept you. And it wasn't just that it wasn't as strong, but it, it actually 
It, I, I don't I don't remember exactly. It would balance the, itself. It would balance you, it would balance you out and keep you kind of mellow and not just because it wasn't as strong. And that they've bred that out of the Terrible. plant. Yeah. Stop <laughs> messing with stuff. Stop messing with stuff, guys. It's probably Monsanto. <laughs> uh, I just had this crazy flashback. Do you remember um I grew up in Cleveland. I think a really long time ago you guys played this place Speak in Tongues. I don't recall that. You don't recall that? But I, like, I believe you. I think you had a different drummer <laughs> and something got like vandalized at the venue or something. This That's was, all very possible. We <laughs> did was, have a different drummer. Okay. Speaking tongues in Cleveland like... It was like a squat. Yeah, I don't really know. Really shitty squat. Yeah, well, there were those. Yeah. I mean... I wonder. Because, I mean, one of the... F- some of my earliest memories in Cleveland were the old grog shop. Yep. The old, that, that was a while ago. And then there was a gig in... There was some stuff like in Dayton and Cincinnati, but as far as Cleveland, I don't, I don't remember. Okay. But I don't doubt it happened. I feel like maybe I've talked to Matt about it at one point. Yeah. Something crazy happened. Yeah. I can't remember either. It was so long ago. Vandalized. I think there's some, something weird. Yeah. Who knows? Especially we, places like that. There's always something. Yeah. That was a place where it's like you'd miss a show and then someone would be like, these Nazis showed up, and then there was a fight, and some guy got like a chair broken over his head, and you're like, "I should have gone." I missed it. I can't. I always missed everything cool. <laughs> That's where the fear of missing out comes from. Yes, I guess so. From the squats. <laughs> and you, uh, you, you got you and Jeff made this record in California. Is yeah, that in San right? Jose. Because yeah, because Jeff sometimes guest hosts this podcast, and I was like, "Yo, do you want to come in next week?" And he was like, "I'm in California making a record with Dan Andriano," and I was like, "Oh, that's." Wild, I pictured you just in Greenpoint hanging out. Yeah. Uh, what was that kind of process like? Was it fun? It was super fun. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know Jeff at all. And then, like, last summer I was, um, my, like I said earlier, Mike Park put us in touch. But I, I called Mike because I was basically, I was starting to get, like, high anxiety about all these songs and not wanting to make another record by myself. I wanted to do something with a band that was sort of always the intention of starting this thing. But I, I still, five years later, wasn't able to figure out who or where or how any of it was going to happen. And I really started to like trip out a little bit. And I called Mike. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm bummed. He's like, calm down. He's like, come to California. He's like, I'll set you up with great musicians that will stay in the studio all day. You'll have so much fun. Like two weeks when you leave, you'll have a record. And I was like, all right, who? And he's like, you should listen to stuff Jeff Rosenstock does. He just produced this band by uh, this record by the Smith Street Band. And I was like, okay, I'll check it out. And I checked it out. I loved it. Such a good record. I called him back. I was, I was like, Jeff made this? He's like, yeah, it's great, right? I was like, yeah, it's great. I was like, let's, let's do it. You know, and then I was, uh, I was a fan of Hard Girls. And um, so playing with like Mike and Jeff and then getting Kevin who plays with with Jeff also like it was it was just super easy once once the ball got rolling it was easy for us all to get there and and play and make it happen and then as far as working with Jeff I I thought it was great cuz he's he's kind of nuts yeah <laughs> like he's got all these ideas swimming around in his head like constantly I feel like and um and every once in a while, like, he'll just be like, okay, what about this? And it'll, and at first it might be something that I'm like, no, <laughs> this is, this is wrong for this. And then we'll play through it a couple of times and I'll start to feel it. And I'll be like, 
he'll be like, trust me, we're going to do this and this. I'll be like, all right. And then, uh, sure enough, like later I found myself more often than not being like, this was a great idea. You know, this sounds killer. I love this, you know? And, um, but he, certain things that I was just like adamant about that he was like, I don't know where you're coming from with this. I'll be like, well, this is, this is what I do sometimes. And this is, you know, this is how this is going to be. And so we, we really had no problem sort of just being completely upfront with each other. And I, I think maybe that was because we really didn't know each other. Yeah. But it's like, I, I already knew that he was a good person and I already knew that I respected him as like a studio guy and a musician. Like he's an insane musician. So, and I don't know if he, what he, I st- I really don't know what he thinks of Alkaline Trio or anything. And I didn't really care, but I was like, but these are the songs and this is, you know, I had that angle and we were just able to talk to each other. Like there was no, like sometimes in a studio you, there can be like weird passive aggressive energy or like someone is afraid to like say something because you know musicians and artists or whatever we're all dopes and way too sensitive (laughs) it's like sometimes you can be scared to say something when really you should just be like "Ah, what if we try this and then if the idea is like no it's like okay i tried right you know so that's that's like a whole thing with me like if i have an idea i like to at least play through it before the idea gets changed and so we were able to do that with with like everything if he had an idea we would play through it we would try it a couple times and then we'd be like all right yeah let's keep it like that and same with with any of my ideas like most of the demos most of the songs ended up pretty close to the way the demos were cut cut a few repetitions here whatever but there were a couple songs that jeff really um really like re re-sculpted for me that I, I asked him to I was like I really like this melody and I really like these lyrics and I want this song on the record but I hate it I hate the way I'm playing it and I can't I can't get this jangly stupid folky strumming out of my head so like take it and so what I ended up doing with the songs like that was I just sent him the vocal like a vocal only mix and he was able to with like a click track and he was able to build a bunch of other stuff around it, which is really cool. And I was way into his ideas. That's fun. It's like doing a remix as a premix. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it was really cool. And it saved like the, the the two songs. One of them is the first song. It's called Pretty Teeth. That was just like a folk, like a simple folky song that I was really important to me. But like I said, I didn't care for it. And then the other one is, uh, is called Lost that I had written... Like, all the chords are the same, all, like, the vocal parts are the same, except I. it was this kind of just, like, jangly, like, smoking popsy kind of thing, but not as good. And so I was like, I can't have this, because it's just, it's going to sound like this, but not as good. So he came up with the idea for this, like, drum loop sort of part, and, and kind of breaking it into two different sections of a song, and it's really cool. That's awesome. That's a yeah. fun idea, like... Because, you know, like that concept is, yeah, that's how you do a remix, but you already have all these preconceptions with right. a remix. But to send somebody something that you did before they hear, you know, before they right. hear your version of it, I like that. That's really yeah. cool. 
And I basically, you know, and he knew the chords and he knew what was supposed to sort of be under the melody. But with that song, Pretty Teeth, I was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of hearing instead of this strum, just focus on like the within every line of the verse, like focus on like the two and the three as being like downbeats. And then he came up with that vibraphone, which, you know, on the two and the three. And I was like, that's so much better than if a guitar was doing it. You know, <laughs> it's like it's just more interesting. And so we had we had a lot of fun messing with gear and messing with sounds so you were you like staying at the studio no we were staying at mike park's mom's house okay (laughs) nice which is where uh, asian man records is located in mike's mom's garage and and basement and so you eating a lot of skank and pickles a lot of skank and pickles nice and um yeah me and jeff we each had a futon my futon was way more comfortable than jeff's good um after like a few nights i think we put like one of those big white U.S. post office mail crates. Like we had to put it under it because he had this big pit. And I was like, trust me, I'm going to hook you up. And he was like, D- it's just, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, you're not fine. We're freezing our balls off. And you're like sleeping in this pit. And so I finally made him get up and I put this thing under there. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's better. I made it like he's almost a- flat. Really? <laughs> yeah, almost flat. Like being he's, in prison. He's a perfect guy to do, though. I feel like he's, like, the punkest dude ever. Like, you go to his apartment, and you're like, do you have something to write on? And he'll just give you, like, an LP mailer. Yeah. Like, everything's, like... <laughs> yeah, no, he... Yeah, we're, like, sort of, like, um, the odd couple. We're like, Felix and Oscar in that regard. <laughs> Mike was calling us clean boy and messy boy. Because <laughs> it, was, it was funny, like, the two futons in our little areas around I'm guessing him. you were the clean one. I was not the messy one. <laughs> <laughs> um it's pretty funny though but again it's like i sort of envy like what he's got going on because i i sort of need to be organizing and i need to be like I, there's just too much for me and if it gets overwhelming like my inbox you know what i mean like i like to keep my inbox down to like 15 emails or less at all times and yeah I move them somewhere another folder and i might forget about them but as long as they're not <laughs> stacking up in the inbox it's just like this relief i feel i have like eighty nine thousand in my inbox yeah and I, sometimes people will like see my phone and they'll be like free like not not because you get so many emails but more like dude i couldn't look at no, that it gives and me it doesn't i do i don't yeah. even look at it i just check my email i'm like all right whatever yeah. like it doesn't bug me at all I my don't wife's even phone is the same way it would give me hives yeah like if and it does sort of because i'm like you gotta fix this yeah what? you know but she's like what it's all junk mail i was like then just throw it away exactly just throw it away Please. i don't think i've ever erased Select an all. email oh uh, my god i don't think i ever erase had. them i just oh buy god. extra storage space because i'm like maybe someday i'll need and i don't know if i need to like contact a band i just type in their name i have but that's not junk mail but yeah but i also get like a ton of like press releases and stuff i'm never gonna read archive at least archive but what's the point of deleting it who cares no, archive you archive, archive it. it it goes way out of your box but you Whatever. can find it. You can. You can. I mean, find I probably yeah. most of them I don't need. Probably almost none of them. I I'm, I've been really into just creating mailboxes. I'm creating mailboxes <laughs> and sub mailboxes yeah. for things that they could probably just go into all one thing. Do you like think- this is the emergency room folder? But instead, there's like tour. You know, you're you're polluting the matrix, dude. That's what well, you're doing. It's interesting because like you were sort of talking about um, like having anxiety when writing these songs, and I feel like. I get a lot of anxiety also, and I do feel like organization and anxiety are so closely related. I mean, do you think that, like, by keeping, staying organized with, like, your inbox and 
and kind of being just like a clean person and that stuff, do you think it helps your brain kind of like relax? I don't know. I think it's probably, honestly, it's probably just another distraction. I need, yeah. I need help, Jonah. <laughs> I don't, I really don't know because like, a, like I was saying like Jeff, he, you know, and I don't keep, I, I don't mean to keep throwing him out there as like this lunatic, but he's, he's crazed and his, yes. His, that's like part of a, what makes him so yeah, great yeah exactly and it's and he's got all these ideas and i feel like maybe if he started clean like say just metaphorically if he's got a desk in front of him with a bunch of shit all over it if he started putting all that stuff in its right place maybe it wouldn't be the right place exactly maybe it would get forgotten or be the wrong place and so with me like yeah i don't know when i was like last summer and it it was sort of beyond anxiety it was like i would walk into my office like at 10 in the morning or whatever like i would take my daughter to school or to camp or something and then i would come home and i'd be like all right i gotta work gotta write some stuff or gotta finish this i need to put a guitar in this thing i started working on i would walk into my office and like almost have like a like a full-on panic attack because i just i knew whatever i was doing i didn't know what i was going to do with it and i didn't know if it was any good and i found myself coming back to this place that i was in when i was making the first record and just not having anyone to bounce ideas off of. So I kept writing and recording and then deleting and recording again. And I was like, I'm not, I can't go back there, but I'm, but I'm going back there. Right. You know, I've always, I've told myself I wasn't going to do this and here I am. So I started to flip and it wasn't at that point, it wasn't really about organization. It was just about not knowing what, what was happening. With well, my you're life. probably so used to being like, all right, well, Trio is going to record this time. It's going to come out then. We'll do this, we'll do this normal tour. cycle. Yeah. Like we'll do Europe, whatever. It's like seems like a very regimented kind of plan thing you're used to. Yeah. This seems so different and open ended, sort of. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. And just also knowing that I mean, Alkaline Trio is not not stopping, but we you know we can't just keep going on tour twice a year, as we've been really lucky. But uh, I mean, it's too much. It's too much touring. Yeah. Too many shows. It's a lot. People will stop coming. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I don't want that. You know, we're we're stoked. So we have to do something. And and again, it's just, it's something different. So I like, I had to get these songs going, but I just needed a little bit of help that, you know, Mike was able to provide and, you know, my wife is really supportive and just helping me you know being like yeah just go just do it because you're making me nuts yeah you know that sort of support where do you live in chicago you live in california i live in none of the above okay st augustine florida st augustine florida yeah i moved there about eight years ago okay i always thought you'd have to drag me out of chicago um but once uh once our daughter was born i sort of that all changed I was like, get me out of here. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, my wife is from is from Florida, and uh, now her folks live about an hour or so south of us, and they're super helpful. I'm sure. And just hands-on and everything when I'm on tour, so that's good. Um, and she, you know, she moved up to Chicago to live with me for like seven years with the intention of staying there for a while, you know, maybe having a kid, which we did, and then raising her there for a little bit and then eventually getting down to florida but as soon as yeah as soon as she was born i was i was the one who was like we gotta go 
Like we got out of our lease early. I was like, we got to go. Yeah. We and we had this great apartment in Boys Town, like right on Halstead, like five or so blocks from Wrigley Field. It was awesome. And then I was just like, oh my god, I can't, I can't do it. It's too much, too busy. It's gonna be cold soon. And then what? She's little. She can't be cold. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, let's go to Florida. As long as we can live on the beach. Yeah. And we did. And St. Augustine's a great town. I yeah, think. I don't know if I've ever. Is been that there. west or east? It's east. It's about an hour south of Jacksonville. Okay. And it's uh, it's east. It's the oldest city in America. So it's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff like downtown, like old. Some of it's like touristy. Some of it's just really cool. But this year is like the 450th anniversary of the city. So everyone's like really excited. There's going to be a big festival in September, but. It's it's old by American standards, right? And then I live sort of on the on the beach side. That's just really chill, like yoga studios and crappy art galleries and you know, yeah, beach stuff. But no like big condos. Not a real spring breaky place. Yeah, you know? that's cool. I like it. Yeah, Brad, you're like the only person I know who lives in Manhattan and has kids. Really? Pretty much. I knew a couple, and they've all moved to L.A. or moved to Jersey or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, yeah, well, when my son, I've got two kids, and uh, my son was born is when I really thought, like, I can't have a, I can't raise a boy in this city. I, yeah. I grew up in the country pretty much, right. you know, and like, but I don't know, you know, I I think. So is it hard? I think, yeah, but, you know, my wife made this really good point. She's like, you know, that um, city kids are like one quarter as likely to use drugs, and have problems with drugs as kids in the suburbs and the country. And I was like, yeah, okay, I can see that. Because yeah. they're not bored. Right, no. I don't know. I mean, I, I think we'll always have, we'll always have places to go that are outside of the city so I can teach him the essentials of right. survival. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not it's certainly against a lot it. It's easier, I just, though. I saw myself having a hard time with it, but I think it's, I think it's great. I mean, if, the if kids can is grow so up massive. knowing how to like, take the bus and you don't you don't have to like not that you want them to do that by themselves all the time but just knowing how to do things like that like take the subway or get on the train when they get a little older and it's not there's this sort of independence but it's also like they're not walking around just like wide-eyed at everything like you know susceptible to like as long as they get both i have too many friends that i know that grew up in a city who like some of them still don't drive. Some of them don't know how to swim. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. I don't think my kids will ever be like that, but it, that was what really initially made me averse to it. Right. And, but yeah, I don't know. I, I could still see getting out. I don't like. <laughs> I'm afraid that I would be the one that would go nuts though with my neighbor. Like, and the thing about New York is you have more privacy with somebody who's four feet on the other side of a wall than you do with somebody who's like a yard away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I had a house in the suburbs of the country, I think I would, I would be, I would have problems. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like with my neighbors, with the community talk. board, yeah, yeah, with yeah. like all the you know all the shit that you can kind of avoid in the city. Like, yeah, that's definitely a thing. <laughs> I don't like kids in the city because I always every time I see like a fourteen year old kid in the city, I'm like, this kid looks cooler than me. <laughs> like, I sort of hate him. Damn it, kid! <laughs> kids suck. Yeah. Teenagers, I mean. Teenagers That's what I meant in the to city say. Are so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I'm like sick of them making me hurt my self-esteem by looking cool. 
Um, That's okay. Jonah, you look like a 14-year-old. Thanks. Seriously. I feel like I dress like a 14-year-old. Yeah, you do. Um, so what What do you have going on after this After this tour? What's You're just going to go back to St. Augustine, maybe get into arts and crafts? or Yeah. Birdhouses. <laughs> Bird watching, but then you have to do birdhouses first so they come and then you can watch them. Oh, nice. Um, do you do that? No, <laughs> but I made the mistake of telling my wife a long time ago that I think I could get into bird watching, and she fucking makes fun of me like crazy. Even still, she's like, "Oh, is this going to be like another hobby, like bird watching that you do so much?" I was like, "Hey, I had like just gotten a nice camera or something. Like I got, I had gotten like a early like DSLR, and I was like, I need to like take pictures of cool stuff." And she's like, "Take pictures of your family. What do you? That's like a you know, it's a." Bird. You can look it up on, on, the, yeah. on the internet. It's, it's like crow. <laughs> yeah. you know? Do you have any goofy suburban hobbies or not? No, not really. Um, I'm, you know, trying to learn how to surf. Oh. But that's, I guess that's not really a suburban hobby. It's just like an active yeah, it's thing. A hobby. It's good. But it's not going so well. I thought because I grew up like skateboarding, it wouldn't be that hard. And it's really, really different. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Especially My wife- Florida waves are like not conducive to learning i don't think unless you're like a little kid who weighs like 70 pounds because they don't have that that west coast swell like because yeah. the the water or whatever the way the land goes down in the west coast forces the waves to break and there's all this pressure as opposed to the east coast it's more like wind wind swells and storm swells and stuff so it's just all kind of washy like waves come but they don't have like a ton of force to help you just like get up yeah no, what it's I've, true oh you're right oh, and it's true out. the whole east coast is like i don't surf but yeah my wife surfs and she's pretty good and i i suck yeah i'm terrible so skateboarding didn't help no. i sucked at skateboarding so i'm sure it'd be terrible yeah well i should i should preface that with i was a sucky skater <laughs> i was all right i just got real scared about it yeah as i got older yeah like i i never had that fearless fucking there's 10 stairs watch this boom like yeah. i was always like i would ride up to the stairs like so many times just stop at the last minute yeah. no, well, no. I and tried then to, eventually i would do it and be like i tried to drop in recently and i couldn't do it like psychologically i couldn't i was like i know i used to be able to do this i know i just need to put all my weight forward yeah but the idea of putting all Can't my weight forward and go, i was like i was like my brain was like nope and i was like i used to do this all the time and not be scared it's like uh-uh yeah it's you're more breakable yeah. now yeah yeah, I'm clumsy, unsure. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I feel you. I love it though. I miss it like crazy. Yeah, but too dangerous. It's pretty dangerous. Yeah. Stick with the surfing. You'll get it, man. Yeah. It's Paddle a good boarding. hobby. Does it hurt when you wipe out surfing? Not where I live. Yeah, but there's no reef or like rocks or anything. That's the other thing. Other places like yeah, reef. All we have is sharks, which are gnarly. Yeah. But I've never seen one. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It does, so it doesn't hurt. I just try and fall as flat as possible. I mean, it it can suck a little. Right. Like breathe in water or something if you really get tossed, but right. it'll be all right. But yeah, I guess, so after this, Alkaline Trio is going to do a couple of festivals, Riot Fest in Chicago and Denver in September, and then I'm going to, take this thing to the uk i think it's getting worked on maybe in november okay but so that'll be fun i really like the uk 
and it'll be fun to go over there and do this. I did something by myself over there. Well, not by myself, with Brendan Kelly. Um, and uh, we both went over there playing like solo bits, and we took the train all over England and Europe. That was super fun. So I want to do this like full band deal over there. I think it'll go all right. But the problem is like bringing a band to England is right. different. You know, Jeff has already told me he can't do it. So I've I've reached out to some people over there, and I'm just I'm gonna try and have like my U.S. band and my U.K. band. Nice, which will be weird. I actually saw the trio in the U.K. with Face to Face once a really long oh, yeah. time ago. I remember that they played Disconnected twice. Oh my god! It was in London, but yeah, it must have been like I was in college, it must have been ten, twelve years ago or something. They really played it twice. Yes, I remember they played it twice because I couldn't believe it. That's a bum out. Yeah. Man. I think well, they played it really early on, and then people kept yelling for it. Like that had just shown up or something? <laughs> yeah, or just really wanted to hear it again well, or something. Aren't we punk rockers? Isn't that when you say, hey, motherfucker, you should have been here early. You missed it. Yeah. Beat it. Like, okay. I'm sorry. I love those guys, but you can't play the same song twice. I saw them play uh, three nights in a row here because they did the album shows. Right. And it's on, yeah, it's on Big Choice, and then they tried to sort of did the sketch. Or right. it's on the Don't Turn Away, then Big Choice, and then they did an encore after the album. Yeah. It was great. I can't, I couldn't get sick of it. Wow. If I was in the go. band, I'm sure I would, but. Yep. What are you going to do? Too. Yeah. That's funny, though. Yeah, that was a fun tour. Those guys, uh, they, they uh, really helped us out when we were first getting like first touring a lot they took us on a couple of runs and uh so going to the uk with them was super fun that was like quite a few years later yeah yeah so it was good cool yeah nice yeah. dudes really nice i saw the mamas and the papas in elgin illinois um when i was you know like 17 or 18 and it was just something to do they were playing um outside this place called the Hemmons Auditorium. And, you know, some me and, like, I was in bands at that point, me and some of the dudes in my band or whatever, like, we were all pretty into, like, the oldies or whatever. Like, when I delivered pizzas, that's that was my jam, was just, like, the oldies station. So I was like, yeah, California Dreaming, let's go see the mamas and the papas and see what's what, you know? Right. And uh, they played, they ended with California Dreaming, and they walked off stage and then they came back and they were they did it again like twice in a row. <laughs> and we were just dying. Really? We were like, what are you doing? <laughs> you guys want to hear it again? Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah. So funny. So great. Yeah. It would be, I mean, it would be awesome to be one of those bands that just has like the one massive, massive hit that, you know, everybody goes to the show just waiting for that one song. Just to get out there, open with it, and just play it like eight times and get off. <laughs> be like, okay, here's what here's what you're here for. You're here for the car crash. You're here for the hit. Yeah, let's just give it to him. <laughs> I wonder though, like, if that'll ever if that'll happen with like current like stars. Yeah, like will Pitbull be doing like the state fair circuit in like 15 years? Yes. Maybe he's extreme, extreme case, because he is, like, beyond rich. So he won't really have to. But you're talking about, like, I don't know. I feel like, are there, like, yeah, it's hard to know, I guess. It's hard yeah. to see it in the moment. Who's going to end up the state fair circuit? Or Vegas. It's all about yeah. one or the other. MC Hammer. 
He's probably done it a bunch. Yeah, I'm sure he has. Certainly not current, but that was a huge hit. And I bet he played Hammer Time twice. <laughs> probably had to. It's probably in his contract. <laughs> Dan, what a dude, huh? Seriously, one of my favorite people. Yeah. I always enjoyed talking He's to him. He's cool. When He's come by. definitely one of the 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 baldest guys I, I've ever seen. <laughs> For sure. He's probably like a top bald guy yeah. in the world of music. Totally. Yeah. Him and Sting. Uh, Sting, Sting bald? bald? I don't know. I don't think so. I think so. I think he's close. He's getting He's there. fucking old. He's, he's Sting. But, but Dan's got a special cue baldness to him that I appreciate, even though I don't know him from afar. I say, that's how you do bald. Yeah. Mr. Clean. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like he waxes it. <laughs> you know? He's got a sheen. He's got a sheen. It's a, it suits his head shape. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Was I it? did a tour poster for him and, G- and Jeff. Did you? Yeah, that tour that they did together. And he was very positive. Yeah, well, he's. A, I cool. never had really like, and we hadn't met each other a bunch in passing, but never really sat down and talked. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you're super nice. Yeah, I sat down always, with him at the Electric Factory. I, I went to a show. Um, it was like it was literally, literally the day before the rehearsal dinner for my wedding. We were in Philadelphia. And uh, my, my, my then girlfriend, soon to be wife, my ex-girlfriend. Hmm, well um, played. And, uh, Soon to be roommate wife. She, yes, she is was, this the one who was on Queer Eye for the Straight Guy? No, no, I'm the same. My my, the, my ex my uh, my wife is my ex girlfriend. If you want to be that specific, get it? See, okay, he I get it. A, I get it. I, I made it. a funny, illegal, illegal, big uh, bucks, everybody, big legal joke. And like the and like in town where Gaslight Anthem, Rise Against, Alkaline Trio, and Against Me, and I don't know if it, I don't think Against Me was on that tour. That sounds like a good show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? I'm serious. <laughs> Fucking rise against me. I, I love rise against. I I I, 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 I like en- that guy's beard. <laughs> I en- I enjoy it. But I remember sitting backstage <laughs> uh just talking to Dan, who was doing laundry because they have like a beautiful setup for and like the, and like you can tell Dan like responsible musician touring guy was like doing his laundry while the guys are just fucking around doing stuff. <laughs> and he's like, just, I, where else am I going to fucking do it? And it's free. It's right here. And I was like, that's awesome. a smart move. Electric factor. It is a smart move. Delightful. Um, yeah, we played at Union Transfer in Philly. Oh yeah. And they didn't have laundry, but they had uh, a guitar tuner like built into the wall backstage. What? And I never, and you could just plug in. It was like sponsored by whatever that company is, but it was great. I never had seen that before. Yeah, that's Sometimes weird. Sometimes you see shit at clubs, and you're like, why doesn't every club have this? It's because it's the club world, man. It's the club world. They're they're fucking stuck in the forties. Yeah. <laughs> um. What but, else? What else? I don't know. We trailing off? We it? Is it? No, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited. We could do about is, five more minutes of this yeah. talking about Dan's bald is, head. Is anyone? Is anyone else listening? Zach from Rise Against also has a great head. Zach, yeah, oh, Zach does have yeah. a great head. Is is it bald? Yeah, it's very bald. Is it? Is it? Oh, Zach, Zach, Zach from, is it buffed? He was in Hagfish. Yeah, Zach also has has it. Okay, I'm leaving this fucking right. room. <laughs> Zach also has. Um, I'm gonna say a band someday, and you're gonna go. Yes, I love that. Let's shit. do it. That's what we're doing for the next three minutes. Go. Band that you like, yeah. that, that, that I like, one. that you're gonna think is amazing. Band that you like, or just a band? A band. Oops. Oh, sorry. I love that. Phone. Whatever that was. All right, Chris. What do you think of? Yeah, awesome. This is great. We could do this probably for an hour. Lag too. wagon. That's your answer. Okay. Okay. Steven, your turn. Oh, for, for, to get a band that Chris likes, yeah. that, just, that you like, that, that I that like. you like. All right, I will go. Um, 
Uh, this is fun because because I'm scraping here. I'm scraping. Just anything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go you big. Minor threat. You. Minor threat. They're important. Okay. I would never listen to it, but they're important. I spent some time at. I try to think 14. of bands. I try to think of bands that you would like, like uh, like what Doom about, Riders. Hate it. Assuck. Yeah. Oh, Misery Index. Second favorite record of all time. Okay. Shit. Shit. Is that something somebody did on oh my on God. a Gaslight Anthem no. record? No. <laughs> there you go. Um, shat. You like shat. Spaz. Cunt flavored lollipops. Listen to shat. Sp- oh. Sp- spaz. Yeah. What love about- Spaz. Chris Dodge. Yeah. Max. I love those guys. Okay. But there's no point in listening to Spaz. But I love Spaz as a as a thought. Monster X. No. No. Awful. Racer X. I don't even know. <laughs> other than being Speed Racer's uh, nemesis, right? Judd Judd. Are you kidding me? I was at the first Judd Judd show. Really? Yes. I was there. Judd Judd started as a joke. It was a joke because at that time, a lot of those like grindy kind of emo violence power violence guys uh, fetishized tough guy hardcore. You listen to Cro-Mags, but uh, did you really listen to Cro-Mags? You know what I mean? You listen to Hatebreed, but did you really listen to Hatebreed? And so Judd Judd started as a joke, just a reactionary joke to that Earth Crisis and stuff like that at the time. Right. And so... Earth Crisis. Oh, come on. Firestorm, dude, all the way. Um, <laughs> there's a Reversal Man song called Get the Kid with the Sideburns, which actually came from a time when everybody was at an Earth Crisis show in Tampa, and the wise-ass kids in Tampa started a, a fight, and, and Carl said, Get the Kid with the Sideburns, which was a singer of Reversal Man, Matt Copeland, BMX, pro BMX writer, Matt Copeland. Um... Monster X, Earth Crisis, Judge Judd. Judge Judd's great, though. And that kind of, it started as a joke. It was Steve Heritage from Massac and B, who is in End of the Century Party and is in a new band or has been in bands forever. He's also a, got like a PhD in crazy weird, like Heidegger philosophy or something like that and tours the world giving fucking speeches about something smart. Something you would go, you're also in hardcore bands? No shit. Okay, man. Last one. Okay. Discount. I love discount. Yeah. yeah. I thought maybe you would. I don't love discount, but I love discount. You know what I mean? Like that's a, a very, it's like if you go back on discount, there's only like three good songs, but the notion of discount, I always appreciated at that time playing shows and playing shows with that band. Yeah. And it's obviously interesting to see where Allison is gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a cool thing to see. You know, from her being just a scrappy, like, Aaron Comet Bus clone to being this, like, fucking heroin chic, hair in her face, fucking rock and roll. It's, what's, what I think know. is interesting about her is that I don't know her very well, but I feel like she hasn't really embraced the discount thing. Whereas I feel like a lot of people, when they get successful, knows it's such, like, a credible, cool, kind it was. of special thing. Yeah, it was a really. It's interesting to see her sort of distance herself from that. Super distance herself. Yeah. Insanely. Giant big steps. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is understandable because she has a persona now. Right. Her persona was, used to be, I saw Discount's early first shows in Florida and Allison was in a hoodie with it pulled tight, scared with the mic over her fucking face. You know what I mean? And it's amazing to see her kind of uh, transformed into something else. But I think the persona is probably, and this is speculation, is probably about her... Being able to be on stage and do a thing if she has a bit. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, but even her, like, kind of fake comic bus art at the time was always really interesting. You know what I mean? And, uh, 
yeah, I, I, I loved seeing that stuff. Would I go back and listen to Discount now? Mm. <laughs> Half no. Fiction. Half Fiction to me is the record that I listen to. Is Half Fiction, the, which one is that one? Is it's that like the, 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 the Jawbreaker? Jawbreaker. Jawbox guy produced one? I don't know. It's the one with like... Um, What's on the cover? It's like the kind of colorful, like blue, purpley Oh, face. that's the one produced by Steve Heritage from Asak. Yeah. He did it at Morrisound, which is the death metal... Yes, of course. Great death metal studio in Tampa, Florida. He probably did what he did with all bands. He would bring them in after hours, record a whole entire record. <laughs> from midnight to 6 a.m., you would record your record. You would get the use of a multi-track million-dollar studio, and you would pay him a couple hundred bucks. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I have to bolt, gentlemen. All right. Sorry. Well, thank oh, you, everyone, nope. before we go. Thank you for listening. Um, Donate a dollar if you like us, goingofftrack.com. Yes. Follow uh, us on Twitter. Yep. Leave us a nice review on iTunes for free. Yep. Read Thanks. Jonah's stuff. Buy steak stuff. Read my stuff. JonahBear.com. Steak stuff. Check out Steven. I'm not doing anything. Check out Steven on Twitter. Yeah. You're you should do up. that because it's awesome. It's awesome. Yes. All right. We'll be back next week. <laughs>